because today's message is a conclusion of the series of Why Am I Here and How Do I Know? Two major titles of the series. Uh, again, Why Am I Here and How Do I Know? And we're going to talk about how do I know that Jesus is the only way? How do I know that? So let, let's pray. And, and I'm asking that you would um, really open up your heart because there's been such an attack on um, the church, an attack on the belief system, our belief system. And they've been very smart. They've been very, at times, I'm going to say it, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about the spirit realm. There's been a demonic move that has tried to bring deception in the body of Christ where many during uh, COVID and the shutdown have made decisions in their life for their families, for their businesses, their jobs that have been creating a lot of heartache for them and they don't know how to break out of it because they have made a decision of not walking in the holiness and the reality of the unity of the body of Christ. I'm finding as I am uh, going to different places from the grocery store to working out uh, to different places that I go outside the church that there are a lot of discussions that people have with me uh, regarding the church and their disgust of the church. And so I have watched that. I have helped. I have moved in areas with Foursquare and other organizations of helping them prepare some things and develop things. Uh, and there are uh, many pastors that through the struggle of the pandemic and the demonic move that has happened have resigned from their positions and many churches have closed. There are some that I've been working with that have made decisions uh, doctrinally that is not in the word of God to begin to preach in their churches. And this past week, um, I've had the difficulty of working uh, with an organization and um, with the counsel that I've given and tried to help and counsel to these pastors, they've had to fire pastors because of speaking wrong doctrine and things in their churches. And uh, praise the Lord, in, in both the people that have been fired, I've been able to help them to find replacements of men and uh, couples that teach the Word of God and to bring the church back into health. And that's what's happening. That's the breakthrough that's going on at Valley, is that Valley Community Church has been brought back to health. The Word of God is being preached. The power of the Holy Spirit is moving. Salvation is happening and healing is manifesting in the body of Christ. And it is a spiritual battle that is going on. And so today's message, uh, I won't go any further with this. There's so much that I've been working with in the spirit realm with many organizations and people. There's so much to share with you, but we will share more as we go on, as we, Valley Community Church, become in involved in a greater realm of other organizations, 
and helping people plant churches and do things for the body of Christ. I've tried to keep a lot of that uh, because that's part of my gifting away from you as a church body. But uh, I, the Lord has really brought to me now because of the health of our church and the leadership that is here in our church now, the, the strong leadership that is part of the body of Christ here, and we're going to grow even more, is that we're going to be invited into uh, doing more of this, possibly having conferences and stuff like that. So uh, let's pray. Father, thank you just for the truth of the Word of God and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that is so prevalent in this place. Lord, I, I, I walk in this, this sanctuary basically almost every day. You know where I am. And every time I walk in here, Lord, I sense you. You are so pleased with the body here. You are so pleased with Valley Community Church. And you have so much that you are, have such a passion to move in us and touch our lives. But Father, now I pray that we, as we gather in unity right now, as we are in unity, Lord, I'm going to say that word again, as we are in unity, Father, you will bring such a joy and a peace in our church. Lord, that there will be people as they are now gathering like the Edison gentlemen that are gathering in front of their, their computer on their campus where they are working, taking their lunch break to watch us. Gentlemen, welcome into the house of the Lord. As we see new people coming and new families coming, Lord, let them know that they are just as important as everybody else in this church, that they are important to you and important to us. As we continue to grow spiritually, numerically, every which way, in Jesus' name, we just bow our hearts to the power of the Word of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, welcome in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We have looked at the last three weeks. First of all, how do I know there is a God? How do I know the Bible is true? You need to listen to those more. And today, how do I know Jesus is the only Everyone say only. only. Is the only way. See, as we discuss the word only, it's difficult in today's day, in today's culture, for only to be a word. People do not want something that is set in concrete. They want things to be just whatever. And that, that is, um, and I'm going to say it again, that is Marxism teaching that wants to destroy the unity of the body of Christ. So today, how do I know Jesus is the only way? You know, and, and I get that for unbelievers. You know, you mean there's one only way? I get that because their faith is not in a 
God that is alive. Even for some believers, because they think, what if people are really trying to seek God, but they're confused and they just believe the system that they believe? I'm going to answer these questions in this message, but let me show you two scriptures that the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the only way. John 14, 6, Jesus is speaking. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm the only way to go to the Father. He didn't say a way or one of the ways. He said, I am the way. I am the way. So let's say it. Jesus Christ, go ahead, is the only way. No one comes to the Father, church, except through Jesus Christ. Acts 4, verse 12. This is right after the day of Pentecost. And it said, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The only way to be saved is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, people's opinions, some say, well, Christianity is too exclusive. That's why I don't believe in Christianity, because they're too exclusive. I want to say this to you. You've been misinformed about all religions. All religions, and notice when I use the term religions, I don't like Christianity being called a religion. It's a relationship. Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam, even agnosticism, we talked about this in this series, is exclusive because the person that's agnostic believes that no one can know. I know there's a God somewhere. There's a big man upstairs. I hate that. There's a big man upstairs. You know, I I just know there's got to be something. See, Christianity is attacked because it is the most inclusive I'll use the word religion in the world. Family, I, I don't like, again, calling Christianity a religion. Because religion is man's attempt to find God. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is God's attempt to find man. That's why I believe Christianity is a relationship. Christianity is a relationship. But I understand Christianity in today's day, today's culture, is classified as a religion. Christianity is the least complicated and the most inclusive, quote, religion there is. In Christianity, let me say it this way, you don't have to do anything, you just have to receive someone. All other religions, you got to do something, be something, 
act like something in order to be a part of that. You have to deny Christianity. You have to deny all these things. It's not dependent on what you do, but it's dependent on if you will receive someone who did it all for you. Jesus Christ did everything for us for salvation. And to be born again, it's us receiving the work of Christ. Our work is not good enough for salvation. And we need to understand that it's Jesus Christ. So it is all-inclusive. Now, all through Scripture, why I said that statement was, you will see these words, whoever or whoever. Whoever. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever. Not black, brown, red, yellow, whatever color you want to think. Not, you know, what church you go to. Whoever. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord. Now, some more questions is we, we get this in, in the religious church, Christianity. What about the people who never heard the name of Jesus? Or what about the people who lived before Jesus came? Or we would say Old Testament. So in order to answer all of these questions, tough questions, you have to filter these questions, watch this, through the person who wrote the Bible. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. So listen very close. In other words, what you have to understand is the attributes of God. To answer any questions you have, in order to answer a question of Christianity or, or belief system in Christianity, you have to know and understand God's character. Because in Christianity, again, it's you receiving who he is. How do you receive something when you don't know what it is? How do you receive who God is and walk in that lifestyle when you don't know his character or how he functions or how he works or what he did or what he will do because of his character? So let's look at the word now, attribute which means a tribute. To give a tribute to someone, you must talk about the goodness of the person and what that person did. So attributes are characteristics specific to a person. And, watch this, in life we give attributes or a tribute Plural, you can talk about a tribe or a people group. The root of the word here is tribe and the, the character, characteristics of a group of people. So, but what we're trying to do is how do you know that Jesus Christ is the only way? And we're finding out here already in the introduction how we need to think, how we need to move into to really understand that. We talked about other religions uh, last week and the week before. But before I can answer how do you know Jesus is the only way, I have to answer by telling you what I know 
about God. Okay, let me say it with everything I just said. Let me say that just almost the same, but a little bit different. In order for me to describe Jesus Christ as the only way, I have to be able to describe to you who he is, his character, what he did, what he does, how he thinks. And that's why we found out that the word of God is true and that the word of God is is the only word that is true because of all the different historical facts and also the prophecies being fulfilled and we talked about, remember the silver dollars, you know, the probability of all that coming to pass, which it did. You know, silver dollars, two feet tall, covering the whole state of Texas. That's the probability. And then a person blindfolded saying there's, there's one that has a black dot on it, find that without looking. That's a probability, but I want to tell you, history tells us it's come to pass. And so we know that the Bible is true, and so with this, we go to Scripture, we go to the Word of God to find out the description of the God that I serve, and His name is Jesus the Christ. So here's the first one, character, characteristic of God, is God is good. Oh, pastor, that's so simple. Listen, we make things too hard. And we just need to just take a deep breath and just say, yeah. You know, I don't have to describe, you know, the essence of, of how God created man and what did he do and all the different cells. I, I don't have to describe that, even though science proves creation. But God is good. Psalm 119.68 says, You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Not only is he good, but in his goodness, watch this, you're ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all. Notice the word all. Those who call upon him. So there needs an action for us to take, but in essence, because God is so good, it's for everyone, totally inclusive of all peoples. God, you're ready to forgive all who call upon you. Why? Because he's good. God is not playing a game, but let me give you an analogy of a game. You ever played the game hide and seek? We hide and God seeks. See, I know when you read Scripture, you see, you know, different Scriptures of seek ye first the kingdom of God. Absolutely. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Absolutely. That is our priority of seeking God. But what happens in mankind, mankind hides and God seeks. That's why Jesus came as a man and died and rose again. Why? To give the ability for us to be able to seek him again. For us to be able to have a relationship with God. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They hid. But the Bible said God came looking 
for them. Now, let me just ask you a question. Uh, that's why I love the Bible so much, is because do you think God didn't know where they were? And I'm just saying, I said this about a year ago or so in a teaching that I did. Bottom line, what God was doing was giving Adam and Eve an ability to repent. And they didn't. They gave excuses, reasons. God is still seeking people. Romans 1, verse 19 and 20. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, there's that word, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even in creation, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What about those that never, never were told about him? They are without excuse because of creation. Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Then, here it is, folks, because I know when I say things like this, we go, ah, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Then after you find him, then you seek him and grow. Amen? It's about relationship. That's what it is with God. People think this thing with God is this big ogre thing up there, and you, the big man upstairs, and all the words that they use, and he's just down there just ready to just like you do an ant with your thumb. Crush you if you do something wrong or slap you around. Last night, my wife and I wanted to watch a Christian movie. We watched a Christian movie and turned it off after 10 minutes. Because a couple got killed in a car, a car crash, and there was a funeral, and the pastor's up there saying, you know, God did it, and God, you know, did this, and you just need to understand, you know, just basically totally teaching opposite of the grace and the love and the mercy of God. And my wife and I looked at each other, and my wife took the switcher and went, click. We're not going to listen to things that are not correct doctrine. It's appointed unto man once to die. God's planned our lives. But the Bible also tells us that nothing evil comes from God. How many of you think a car crash that kills someone is evil? So that doesn't come from God. That's the enemy trying to steal, kill, and to destroy. And good people go through tragedy, and good people are killed early. Hebrews 11 says that people die early. People die early. What does early mean? They die early because God planned another time frame, but in this world, you will have tribulation, and in this world, there's an enemy that hates you. But I want to tell you, we, we serve a good God, and his plans are good. 1 Samuel 2 Verse 27 talks to us about he is so good, he even reveals that. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they are in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? So God clearly reveals himself to Israel and all of Egypt. Psalm 98 verse 2. The Lord has made known to his salvation 
or made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. So he's made known his salvation and his righteousness. He also reveals his wrath. Romans 1.18, this is in God's character, his wrath. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We read that before, but I wanted to read it to you again. So you see, right and wrong, justice or injustice, comes from God, not man. And when you're deceived regarding justice and injustice, you're deceived about God's character and who he really is. God reveals himself to anyone who wants him to do so. So today... Let me say this, God still is revealing himself to those that are seeking him, even if they're hiding and afraid. If you're listening to me now and you have been bombarded with wrong doctrine and things are going on in your life and you are living in fear right now, you are wondering if even you could even now, because of your past, go to heaven I want to tell you, God is seeking you. Let him find you. When I say let him find you, he knows where you're at. But you come to him and let him find your heart. And then you begin seeking him, and he'll show you his goodness. He'll bring you out of your pain. He'll bring you out of your fear. And he'll bring you out of your shame. Here's the second thing you have to know about God to answer those questions. God is just. Psalm 711 says God is a just God. Matthew 7, 7 tells us how to know he is just. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. God set it up. Bottom line, this is Describing salvation, but it's describing the growth in salvation that you have. When you are seeking God, even though you have questions, even though maybe you're confused, even though there's deception that has bound you up, there's freedom if you will seek God because he's a good and a just God and he wants to help you in this area. God set it up if you seek him he will be found too. He's not hiding from you. He's not grabbing you by the arm and dragging you through the mud. He wants to grab you by the arm and lead you. So that's how just God is. God is good and he is just. Jeremiah 29, 11, famous verse. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Some of you are thinking the situation in your life is hopeless. I'm telling you, you seek God, hope will arise. Hope will arise. Pain, suffering, 
will be removed. Look at verse 12, same chapter in Jeremiah. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I, God, the creator of the universe, will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Christians, God is about relationship and he wants your heart. It's not about what you're doing or what you've done. He wants your heart. Verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. He's speaking to Israel. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places, prophetic word here, where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. I will, Jeremiah was prophesying to Israel, you will be brought back. They were in captivity. You will be brought back. But there's a lot of Christians that are bound. You will be brought back if you will seek him. And seek him as a good God and as a just God. So God states, if you seek me, you will find me. (laughs) Paul preached this sermon in Athens And I can't wait till I take many of you uh, on Paul's journeys, and we're going to be able to go to this place. Acts 17, verse 26 says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined, watch this, the times set for them, lifetimes on earth, and the exact places where they should live. So why did he do this? Well, He gives the answer, verse 27. God did this, see, there, here we go, so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. You know the God way up there? No, no, he's right here. He's right here. I've been trying to find God. (laughs) Really? That's deception. God would not be a just God if he sent someone to hell either, if they didn't have a chance. So all have a chance, so God is just. He's revealed himself. The problem is they've denied him. So the answer to the question, what if they don't or didn't hear about me? God says, if you seek me, you will find me. Romans 12, 13, or 3 speaks of a measure of faith. All have an ability placed in them to desire God and who he is. It's a choice. It's a measure of faith. Now, I could do some teaching on that measure of faith, and there's other things about that measure of faith. But I want to tell you, he is waiting for you to seek him. He's given you an ability to believe in him. And the problem is we've listened to the wrong words. So why does he do all that? Because he's a just God. It's not the volume of your knowledge, but the intensity of your search. And if you search with all your heart, you will find him. Oh, family, don't take that to extreme, what I just said. 
we believe in getting in the Word of God every day, being a lifestyle of the Word of God. But it's the intensity of your search. I got to find an answer in the Bible. No, search God. And then he will lead you to the answer in the Word of God. So here's the third thing I want to tell you that will answer all those questions. Jesus Christ is the only way. God is love. Here it is, John 3, 16. We all could probably quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, not a few, not the certain people, not people with dark hair, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever. It's for everyone. Christianity is totally inclusive. Yeah, but what about their belief system? Totally inclusive. If you get to know God, you will believe the, the system of Christianity, of life, the pursuit of happiness. This country's been founded on the principles of God. C.S. Lewis, I love reading C.S. Lewis, says there are two types of people in the world. Now, C.S. Lewis wrote more than Narnia. Everyone, you need to know that. Anybody ever read Narnia? Oh, okay. The first person is the person who bows his knee to God and says, your will be done. C.S. Lewis says because the scripture says this. The second is the one who does not bow his knee to God. And then God says in his just and in his love, all right then, your will be done. If we bow our knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, his will will be done. If we do not and we reject who he is as the only way, then what he'll say, all right then, because I am a just, loving God, a good, just, loving God, then I will release you to your own will. Remember, Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Christianity is a fa as fair as it gets. It's as fair as it gets. God gave you and me a free will. So in this free will, he gave you an ability to choose and you will end up in the destiny you choose to be in. So when I see people on TV and I hear people say things, all kinds of things about the character of God that's not true, is it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. And it's hard for me to listen to it because I know Jesus Christ and I know who he is and I know that he loves me and that I know that I'm his favorite. But guess what? So are you. You're his favorite. 
So God gave you the dignity of freedom. Can't find that in many countries. He gives you the dignity of freedom. But if God violated your free will, that would be unjust. So for anyone, if you're struggling in this area, that Jesus Christ is the only way, I'm just saying to you, he's given you the free will for you to choose. So let me end with this explanation. It's kind of a crude explanation, and and I use some words. And you know me, sometimes it's hard for me to even talk English, (laughs) let alone Spanish. But every time you speak, you are speaking three ways. That's why I didn't like English classes. I just, I don't need that. I don't need that, you know. But it's come back to me. I needed it. So there's three ways that you speak. Univocally, equivocally, and analogically. So what is that? Hang on with me. I don't even know if they put it in the notes, but hang on with me. I'm going to explain these in a very quick way, but I'm going to give you why I'm bringing this all up. Univocally is using the word with one meaning, although it could be used differently. Like you just, that's the word you're going to use. Equivocally is using the word with different meanings. And analogically is using the word to show us another or Higher, deeper meaning. I probably should ask the question, like me in English class, are you still awake? (laughs) So every time you speak, you use these words three different ways. Use words three different ways. So let me uh, use a word univocally. If I say to you, I love you, and Terry loves you, I'm using the same word and the same meaning. All right? I love you, and Terry loves you. I'm using the word with the same meaning, the word love. We are talking about God's love. I love you. But I can use the same word equivocally. I can say, I love you, and I love Terry. But don't get your feelings hurt. But I don't love you like I love Terry. Okay, you following what I'm talking about? I love Terry, and I don't love you like I love Terry. But I love you. Following that? And some of you are probably saying, especially the guys, I am glad you don't love me like you love Terry. (laughs) But I use the same word, love, but different meanings. Okay, another example. We talk about how God is good. But if you say to me, I'm a good golfer, I would say, no, I'm, I'm not a great golfer, but I'm a good golfer. Then you get on a plane and you sit next to a person and you look at them, they look familiar, 
and you say, hi, my name, you say your name, and the person shakes your hand and says, my name is Tiger Woods. Then you're going to say, oh, what do you, if you didn't know, what do you do? And, and he goes, I'm a golfer. Oh, my pastor, he's a good golfer. Are you a good golfer? And Tiger would say, yeah, I think I'm a good golfer. <laughs> See, that doesn't compute. It doesn't compute because you say that I'm a good golfer and he says he's a good golfer. There's a total different meaning there because of understanding of the two different people. I try, he's done it. So those are the two types of good, you know, not even close to being good. So God's goodness is so much better than your goodness. Matter of fact, the Bible says that according to God, there is no good in you. God's justice is so much higher than my justice or man's justice. His love is so much deeper than ours. See, the only way I can actually talk about it is analogically. I can only give you an, an al analogy. I cannot tell you how much God really loves you. I can say to you, I love you, God loves you, but I'm telling you it's different than my love for you and God's love for you. Because why? Because God is love. My love comes from God. And we have to get to that place of understanding that's why I know that Jesus Christ is the only way. He is our Savior. And we need to understand that and know that our language cannot express the depth with the words we have to work with, who God really is. And when you are sitting there and talking to someone in the office or wherever you work or in the grocery store and you're telling people, well, you know, I don't go to church because, and they say things, and, and you don't know what to say. You go back to, you know, words in our language, English, Spanish, Italian, whatever language you speak, cannot even describe the greatness of our God. So if I tell you I love you and you reject my love, I hurt and I lost something because you rejected me. God tells you he loves you. You reject him. He hurts, but you lost something. You lost the one and only true God who sent his son, his name is Jesus, to the cross, turned his back on his son because his son took our sins upon him. He was beaten to where, bottom line, you couldn't even recognize him for our healing. And for me to describe salvation and healing to you, to really just use the terminology, God loves you, God's just, God's good, doesn't even scratch the surface of how great my God is. 
But when I seek him, I experience his goodness. I experience his justice. And I experience his love. Because I seek him. The Bible even tells us that Jesus wept two times. First, Lazarus, not because he died. He was going to raise him up. He knew that. He wept because Mary and Martha were devastated. I'm going to say that again. Jesus wept regarding Lazarus. Not because he died. He was going to raise him up. He died because Mary and Martha was devastated that Lazarus died. He feels what you feel, feels, and he's God. Second, last time he was entering Jerusalem, the Bible says that he wept because he saw Jerusalem had lost something. That generation was going to reject him as their Messiah. And it broke Jesus' heart because you didn't believe him, you didn't receive him, but you rejected him. And he has done everything for you and me. Everything. That's why I'm passionately telling you as your pastor, every person you see from now on, I want you to have God's heart. And if they have rejected God, that you would pray for an anointing to do everything to lead them to Jesus Christ. That if someone is sick, your first thought is not, well, I had that before. Let me tell you what I went through. No. Your first thought is, Jesus Christ took that on himself. Please allow me to pray for you that you would be healed. See, that's the heart that God has. And that's the heart that I'm feeling right now as I'm speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is overwhelming me with his emotion. And I'm doing my best not to bawl. Jesus is the only way. But don't get caught up with that. Get excited because there is a way. And his name is Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. Whew. I love it, but I don't like it when God does that to me. I've asked him, Lord, let me feel what you feel. People are dying and going to hell. And it breaks God's heart. Well, he's the one that, that created that. He didn't create it for mankind. He created hell for Satan and the angels that fell with him. Go to our cell, you'll learn that. He didn't create it for sinners because his plan wasn't that you were a sinner. 
But because Adam and Eve did what they did, Jesus came and changed that. Today, you can know Jesus Christ. What do you do? You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the only way and you shall be saved. Wow. All inclusive. Doesn't matter where you've been. I've talked to people. I was talking to one of our elders, Richard, this morning. People have shared with me, how could God accept me when I was younger? I didn't get caught, but I murdered people. I killed people. And I look them straight in the eyes and I say, that is awful what you did. But you can confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you and I will be in heaven together. You will face the pain of your actions of your past. But Jesus will renew you and change your life to the plan that he had planned for you before. I actually went to a police department with one person. 25 years later, walked in the police department with him. And he went up to the desk. And he said, my name is, he said his name. And he said, I've been born again for one year. But I'm coming to you and telling you, 25 years ago, I murdered and named the person that he murdered. What do I need to do? And as the police officer's jaw, he had to pick it up again. I won't tell you the story. You might try to look it up because I don't want to talk about people that were in confidence with me. But bottom line, God totally changed it around. And today, he's friends with family members of the person that he murdered. Amen. Not that they said it was okay, but he's friends now, and actually what he's done, because he became very successful in business, he has taken care of grandchildren and now great-grandchildren their college. Not that that paid the debt, Not that that made him feel better, but that happened. You see, that's how God turns things around. So if you're here, or if you're listening and watching, and you think, God, there's no way he's going to accept me. He's good. He's just. And he is love. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I come against deception. I come against wrong doctrine. Lord, I come against anything that would bring confusion in the body of Christ. And I release the power and the revelation of the Holy Spirit to bring truth that Jesus Christ is the only way and he is our Lord and Savior. And we pray this now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you this afternoon, Spanish ministry this evening, Bible study at 6 o'clock. Have a great day.